When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, a wild schedule week continues as the Sooner Sports Podcast brings you The press conference review show. Chad McKee coming up here in just a little bit. And the entire Lincoln Riley press conference as well. And coming up in about, I don't know, a couple hours from now, we'll go ahead and drop what we have the post-game show from the Oklahoma Sooner Radio Network here in just a bit. We had, a, I guess, some sort of recording glitch. So we kind of worked through it, and we're able to get you Toby, Teddy, Gabe, the coach, and myself recapping the Sooner game from Sunday night. But today... Tuesday was the Lincoln Riley press conference. You'll hear from Coach Riley. You'll hear from Nick Basquin. You'll hear from Jalen Hurts. You'll hear from Kenneth Murray. But let's start with our regular Monday co-host, Chad McKee. (laughs) Chad McKee joins us usually on Mondays, but with the whole messed up schedule with the Sunday night game, this is a Tuesday, so I've been calling it Monday all day. But, Chad, your biggest takeaway, let's start with the game from Sunday night. What what kind of really caught your attention on Sunday? What what really caught your eye? Oh, hard not to notice Jalen Hurts and how prepared he was. Uh, you know, and, and you, you go back and you think about a quarterback competition with three guys and Spencer Rattler, Tanner Mordecai, and Jalen Hurts who don't have identical skill sets, but Lincoln Riley and Uh, Jalen Hurts being on the same page, having a plan ready to go and executing it the way that he did. You know, Chris, I've watched Oklahoma football since I was a kid. And you talk about quarterbacks. They've had some. 
from the great running quarterbacks, J.C. Watts. And, of course, I watched Jamel Holloway, a little bit of Thomas Lott. Uh, Charles Thompson was a, an excellent runner as well. And then the, the modern quarterbacks are just different. But he's a combination of both with his running ability and throwing ability. Uh, I was I was a little surprised at how much he ran and how much design quarterback Same. run there was. Same. Could not have been more impressed. And then he also won the postgame press conference with Holly Rowe. You know, the, the business-like approach that he had. And I, I said the other day, if I hadn't have known who it was talking, I might have thought it was Nick Saban out there with the <laughs> focus on the task at hand, a lot to work on, all of that sort of stuff. So he was he was super impressive. And, and we could get to the defense here in a minute. You know, and, and I want to add one more thing on Jalen Hurts. I've never seen anyone that had a better debut that just wanted to focus on what needs to be fixed. I mean, Chad, you mentioned all the names in the history of Oklahoma football. He had a better debut than any of those greats. Yeah. And yet yet all he wanted to talk about is what needed to be fixed. That's that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I know. It's uh it's it's just a little different, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. And I, I think, you know, one thing I took away from Coach Riley's press conference on Tuesday was how curious people are to know about Jalen Hurts' personality. And all these guys are different from Josh Heupel to Jason White to Sam Bradford to Landry Jones, Trevor Knight, Baker Mayfield, all the way up to last year with Kyler Murray. Everybody's personality is a little different, but I don't, I don't know that we've had one that's as guarded and businesslike as Jalen Hurts probably is. So I think it, it took people a little bit by surprise, those who had not heard from him. Uh, we want to know the personalities of quarterbacks. Yep, and absolutely. with Baker Mayfield, it was plainly obvious on the field and in the postgame. With Kyler, it was you know pretty obvious. He was a little more guarded, but, but still celebrated with his teammates. And Jalen Hurts' personality is just different. We may not get a full... Uh, full dive into it, though. I think we have Jessica Cootie, our best investigative reporter on the job. So maybe maybe she can get to it. If, if anyone can get to the bottom of it and crack a smile from Hurts, we'll, we'll count on Cootie <laughs> from that. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about that defense. And again, if you go in, I think I heard you say this. If you go into a game, Chad, and you wanted Clell and Farrell off the edge, if you wanted Quinnen Williams tearing things up in the middle and – I mean, if you wanted these Oklahoma or excuse me, Clemson, Alabama type of numbers, it's going to take some time. So you're going to be disappointed. But yeah. if you if you wanted to see progress, oh my gosh, I was fired up by the progress that appeared to be. I, I said this after the game, Chris. I think that when they were playing at a high level, enforcing those three and outs in the first quarter, when they were when they were playing at their best, they were playing at a higher level defensively than they have for probably the last six or eight years around here right. which which is exciting considering what the ceiling probably is and they're down two defensive linemen um you know dylan and and uh, kenneth mann that, that did not play the other day that yeah. they will get back uh, i thought that i you know kenneth murray it's crazy to think he had a game where he tackled what 22 army black knight cadets players so you think that was a really good game that's the best i've ever seen him look i i think Amen. that um, uh, the the explosiveness of the defensive line takes so much off of Kenneth Murray's plate, um, and and bodies are occupied by the defensive linemen now, and that just frees Kenneth up to run sideline to sideline and be the player that we've uh, thought that he could be. I, I I will say this: 
you know, you do have to temper it a little bit. But I, I think sometimes there are a couple of things in this game. They, they played so many guys defensively, and they're going to continue to do that. You're going to have growing pains when you play that many guys. And then you get to a point in conference play where you've either cut the rotation down a little bit or figured out who you can play in those games. The starters have a little more stamina and can play a little bit longer. And there was one drive in that game that I think started the sour taste in your mouth. It was when they were up 35 to 10, right, Chris? Mm -hmm. And it's a second and six play that, that Houston had. Uh, Pat Fields nearly had an interception in the end zone. On that play, Houston's guilty of a hold, but on that play, Neville Gallimore's call for roughing the passer. So what I'm saying is you could have had either an interception, which would have made you feel a lot better, or you could have had Houston in a second and 16 way behind the chains that would have increased Oklahoma's odds of getting them off the field quickly. Instead, the personal foul made it second and six. They pick up the first down go and score a touchdown. And, and from that point, the defense wasn't quite as good. So it's, you know, it's really just a couple of plays that led to that, but they are plays that were correctable, that they can get corrected and they'll have to get corrected for the big games down the road, like a Texas, like a Baylor on the road, like an Oklahoma state and, and potentially, you know, conference and, and college football playoff stuff. Chad, two more and I'll let you run. First of all, you got it. what did you learn today? Uh, from the Lincoln-Riley press conference. Again, very unique on a Tuesday, but what really stood out, if anything, today from his meeting with the media? Curiosity about Jalen Hurts, um, you know, and and, uh, people wanting desperately to know more about him and um, what his impact has been as a leader on this team because it's a different type of leadership from what we have seen here around here here more recently. I I thought the... uh, you know, Lincoln Riley's answer to what gets cut back on a short week because they have one less day to prepare. And he said, sleep. And he kind of <laughs> laughed about it. And he said, no, sleep. <laughs> so I know you and I are still going to get all of our sleep in. But we'll for be the good. coaching staff and the players, that that is reduced and it's somewhat compromised. I don't think I ever uh, learned how exactly to pronounce the South Dakota nickname. You know, you and Toby and I were having this discussion I'm from Oklahoma. That's always been coyote to me, but right. they want to be called coyotes. So I've decided that for a week, I will acquiesce to them and call them the South Dakota coyotes. But then the Oklahoma boy and me is coming back, and, and that animal is going to be a coyote from here on out. And finally, Chad, what do you want to see this weekend? Uh, and it, no offense to anyone from South Dakota that's listening, but oh, you should roll this weekend. Yeah. What are your expect? Should. What are your expectations on Saturday? Well, I I think it would be really cool to see a shutout. But if not, I would like to see 10 points or fewer given up by the defense. And I'd like to see two turnovers forced. And I think everybody would like to see that. We've heard so much about it. Um, And and then I would like to see the continued maturation of Jalen Hurts in that I, I think some of those plays where he stepped up into the pocket and his first inclination is to play it safe and run use the gifts that he has, which are his legs and his powerful running style. I'd like to see a couple of times where he steps up in the pocket a couple of steps and drills one downfield to C.D. Lamb or Grant Calcaterra or somebody like that. Those will be the the continued building signs that I think we all want to see on Saturday. You're the man, Chad. Have a great rest of your week. What 
what can we expect for game day? Regular time early in the morning on Saturday? Regular time, yes. I, I appreciate you asking. We'll be on at 10 a.m. on Fox Sports Southwest. Myself, Teddy, Gabe, Jessica, Tootie. We'll have Sooner game day. And then we'll have Sooners live on Facebook. That will be at 5 o'clock. All the stuff from down on the field, Jessica, with great interviews and uh, leading you right up to the pride of Oklahoma playing and up to kickoff. So uh, it is Sooner game day at 10 a.m., Fox Sports Southwest, and then Sooners live on Facebook at uh, 5 p.m. Saturday, man. And then I'll be doing some radio with uh, with James Hale and, and Tyler McComas and some of our other buddies while you're you're knocking it out on the Sooner Sports Radio Network. We'll get there at some point, right? We'll get to kick yes. off at some point. It, it's crazy. Football. <laughs> you finally get a game, and what you what you do the following day is wait until the next kickoff. So we'll get back yeah. to you. Chad, thanks so much, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Chris. Appreciate it, bud. All right, thanks a lot, Chad. It was a big day for Jalen Hurts. Six touchdowns. We caught up with a Sooner quarterback at the lunch. Jalen Hurts had a big night, six touchdowns. Were you even aware of the numbers you were piling up? Does that even matter to you while you're in the game? Is it, is it something on your conscience at all? Um, no, sir. I'm winning. Um, you know, we, get, we, we got the win, and that was the most pleasing thing. But we still got to do some, some things better all three sides of the ball so we can be the team we want to be. You know, it's interesting because that was the, the message that you sent, hey, we win, but you want, to get, you want to see this team continue to improve. You've had the 24-hour rule wear off, so you're focused on South Dakota. What did you learn about this team from Sunday night? Um, I, think, I think we, we're, we're still trying to build an identity that we want to, you know, that we want to have as a team. Um, I think it'll, it'll come over time, it's still early. But there are no excuses. We can't have excuses for ourselves. We still want to take those steps, and we want to definitely learn from our, our mistakes. You know, we talked about it post-game on Sunday, but I was impressed with when you're done, you're, you're out, and Tanner Mordecai's in. But yet you're still over there talking to Creed Humphrey, and you're still going through things. You're leading even when you're not in the game. You're trying to set a tone. How important is that to be consistent in that message? we got to be consistent, and more importantly, we got to finish. I don't think we did a good job of finishing. Um, we just got to do better at that. Um, Sloppy and all of that that has to go away. We gotta we gotta polish it up and do better. I was. What's the key to that then? Is it just is it a mental thing? Is it more of an execution thing? It's mental focus. Mental focus. That'll be a, a big thing this week. Can you take me through now, looking forward, how you kind of prepare yourself? Do you rest? Do you stride harder? How do you take care of your body? Um, definitely take care of your body with this you know great training staff we have and recovery staff we have, but you know. We're going to get after this week so we can go out there and play ball Saturday. A couple more and I'll let you go. It's obviously never easy to create that cohesive nature with the receiving core, but how do you feel like that's come along? You haven't had a lot of time with them, but you guys seem very much in sync on Sunday night. Um, we still have we, we still have some things to improve on. Um, some, some some money there left on the table, um, but that's why we practice. Um, just so going to take it. This team has four new starters on his offensive line. Creed Humphrey's pretty good, though, in the middle. Uh, how, how do you feel overall about the performance of this offensive line from Sunday? Um, I, I think they did a great job. Um, like I said, they did a great job. Everybody did a great job. We got the win, but we all need to improve. Nobody nobody did a perfect – nobody was perfect. We got to be better. From the offensive start to the defensive standout, Kenneth Murray, what a day for K-9. We got three questions with the Sooner junior captain. All right, got a little time with Kenneth Murray. We get three questions. So, Kenneth, let's start here. How different did it feel out there with this new look defense? Uh, it felt good. Um, guys are flying around. I felt like, you know, you know, I was flying around. So, I feel like, you know, we're, we're attacking. We're getting downhill. And I think, it, you know, it's, it's been good. So, it definitely felt different. It definitely felt good to be out there again. Um, excited, you know, get another one this week. After that first series at three and out, you ran over to the bench and you stood on it and you just, you were stoic. What was going through your mind at that moment? 
you know, it's, it's you no know, all the pain that we've been through, all the all the motivation, you know, everything that's been said about this defense, you know, coming out there, fired up, you know, you know, setting a statement, getting that three and out early, you know, I just want want people to know people to see, you know, what we've been working on. So, um, you know, you know, obviously we're not done. Um, obviously, you know, we have more work to do, but uh, excited to have that first start and excited to get to work this week. Final question: You take care of your body. Brian Odom wants to take care of you more this year. How? Challenging or how tough was it for you to sit out a series just to kind of make sure you're rested? Do you like that? Uh, I mean, obviously the competitor in me wants to play every play, but um, you know, me and Coach Odom have a phenomenal connection. Um, you know, he's a great coach, and so whatever he says, I trust. Um, anything that he tells me to do, I trust. So, um, you know, if if he wants to take care of me for a series, then you know, I'm sitting over there right by him, and when he when he needs me in the game, I'm in the game. So. Um, you know, like I said, you know, me and him have great trust, and he's a phenomenal coach. And finally, Nick Basquin was one of 10 Sooner receivers to catch a pass on Sunday, and the senior from Norman North is feeling good. Felt really good. Um, first time as a team, get out there, play against somebody else rather than beating up on each other all week. Um, but it was good to get out there, show what we could do. You know, it was really impressive to watch you crisp. Your route running was on point. How did it feel for you personally, knowing everything you had been through? Because um, I finally started feeling good this past year. Um, finally getting to show that in front of everybody, I felt really good, and it, it showed in my game. You know, the, the thing that's always amazing is how you've been able to overcome adversity. And you said it, you weren't quite there last year. When did you start feeling like Nick Basquin, uh, elite receiver again? Um, I would say probably spring ball. And then the summer was big for me. Um, had that deliberate plan with Coach Riley and also the summer work we did with the strength staff. It was really good, really progressive for me. You know, 10 different guys caught passes, including you. What does that say to you, not just about the diversity of this offense, but also the depth in that receiver room and that tight end room and that running back room? Like you said, the depth, that's the biggest thing. I would say um, you got to be on your toes when you're playing our offense. Um, anybody can score. You saw Rambo on the slant, see CD go deep. That was just their time for the ball, um, their time to make that play. But anybody in our receiving room or our H-backs running backs can do that. How unique was that for you on a Sunday to have Saturday to watch games and prepare, and then you're waiting till Sunday for you? How was that unique? Um, you're more antsy, especially <laughs> first game of the year. You, you're trying to get out there. You want to be out there, but um, it was also a blessing to be the like the main primetime game. Everybody's watching you. You have a chance to make a name on a big stage. As a leader on this team, you, you mentioned Charleston Ramble making a big play. Jane Hazelwood as well too. How, how good was that to see the young guys go out there and perform in their first game? Um, that's really good. Uh, get their feet wet, specifically Jaden. Um, also, Charleston stepping up in a bigger role than he's been in. Um, just seeing those guys get comfortable, because once you start making plays early, then you got start have the chance to make your own plays and get more comfortable with the offense. How about those young guys on special teams laying some wood too, right? Yeah. Uh, Coach Beamer and Coach Bower emphasized that, that we need to use that as an advantage of, uh, as our team. Um, field position is key, so um, taking that very seriously and making the most of it is a big deal. For you, what's the challenge like now going forward to, you never take anything for granted, obviously with everything you've overcome, but to continue to build on this success, what's that challenge? You guys challenge each other on that and the coaches do too, don't they? Um, just not get satisfied. Everybody has things to work on as a team and individually, so stacking days, make sure you're staying on course and uh, setting the standard. Um, we play to a certain standard, it's not who we play, it's about Oklahoma football. And then uh, two more, and I'll let you run. Jalen, assess his performance in game one in a senior uniform. Um, great. Um, obviously, he had some things he felt like he could have done better, but everybody did that. But I don't think you could ask him much better than what he did. And 
obviously as a Norman kid, Norman North product, better be clear there, yeah. but also uh, running back out on the field, being a Sooner fan for life, how special was that moment for you and what's your final season whenever you took the field on Sunday? Um, just a culmination of everything. Like you said, I've been through a lot of adversity. I've wanted to be here, play for this school. Um, just understanding that I don't take it for granted. And uh, I know this is my last go-around, so I want to make it special. All right, as uh, typifies the press conference review show, we wrap it up with the press conference. So here's the Sooner head ball coach, Lincoln Riley, celebrating his birthday with the media and you. First say uh, a big thank you to, to our fan base, the Sooner Nation, uh, for how well uh, they represented us last Sunday night. Um, on a lot of different accounts. I mean, obviously, first game of season is, is a big, big deal to us. Uh, you know, moving this game to Sunday, a change, a change for everybody. Uh, we did the wide out in the stadium, and it was a, it was a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, it really was. And uh, our players loved playing in it. I know they certainly fed off the, the energy in that stadium. I, I don't know that I can ever remember walking out for warm-ups in the stadium being more full at the beginning of warm-ups than, uh, than what I've seen it. Uh, uh, than it was the other night. So there was just a great energy. Uh, and it led to, I think, a, it was a big part in a, in a successful game, you know, a win over a quality opponent, and also a very successful recruiting weekend. So uh, very, very much appreciated. And again, that makes such a difference for our team, both now and in the future. So I want to say thank you to, to our fans, because it was, it was a, heck of a heck of an atmosphere. Uh, great win over Houston. Again, there's like we said the other night, that's a, a typical first game and that there's a lot to be excited about, a lot of promise. There's a lot that needs to get better really, really quickly. And, uh, and that's our challenge right now as a staff. And so that's how we've presented it to our players. And um, this week will certainly, certainly be a big step towards that uh, and a lot of, lot of challenges. Uh, short weeks are always a challenge in their own rights uh, for, for the staff, for the players, uh, recovery, uh, a little bit different schedule, uh, getting prepped for your opponent, and then obviously having a chance to look back at the Houston uh, game film and make the corrections that we want to make. And so that's what this week's going to be about. Excited to welcome uh, South Dakota to town. I know they're a team. I got my first impression of them as we studied uh, Kansas State last year You know, and watched early in the season as uh, they went they went into Manhattan and, and took those guys down to the wire. We all know uh, how good Kansas State is, especially in Manhattan, how tough they are to beat there. And so uh, they made a South Dakota made a really strong impression on me. And uh, you know, looking ahead, knew, knowing we we're going to play those guys, you know, you got a team that's certainly not going to come in here intimidated and is and uh, and is going to be a good football team. Uh, they're certainly led by their quarterback. You know, is the fourth leading passer in the country last year, three thousand yard plus passer. Very explosive offense, new defensive coordinator um, with some, some nice returning players there as well. So uh, it'll be a good football game, good football team coming in here, and uh, the focus is going to remain on us and, and taking the steps we need to take. Your thoughts on your offensive line play and who graded well? They played, they played pretty good. Uh, Similar to the rest of the team, it was, it was, um, and you could probably add in a, there's probably a few more positives there just because of the inexperience as far as starting. Uh, I thought they handled that part of it well. A couple of breakdowns uh, that, that we have to do better, uh, but we, you know, we played six guys there up front. I thought they all played pretty good. Uh, um, you know, I think the right side, 
the right side of the line, and certainly Creed all, all graded out pretty well. Thought Marquise played pretty decent too. So uh, good. Got to got to take steps to, to certainly improve. Houston did some things that were that were challenging challenging to us, and that that we have to improve on. We we made a couple of plays uh, with the skill guys when it wasn't there up front, but we uh, we certainly more than held our own. And anytime you you know, produce running and throwing like we did. That's the first place you look. And so there was a lot more positives than negatives, but uh, that group's going to have to continue to evolve and grow for us. To the right, James Howell. Lincoln, uh, defensively, now that you've had a chance to look at it, what, what's your take on it? What positives and negatives did you feel like you came away with? Yeah, pretty honestly, very, very similar to what we said Sunday night. It was, uh, you know, first quarter and a half was outstanding. Uh, you know, very few yards, very few even first downs. Um, probably the two most disappointing parts of the game would be uh, would be the penalties. Certainly, I mean, I think that really extended drives gave them some momentum offensively uh, that you can't do, especially against a good group like that. And then I thought we lost a little bit of focus the couple of times that we really separated and got way up. That was the majority of our mental mistakes in the game came in those, those two moments where we had the biggest leads. And so just shows you, you know, right now, mentality-wise, where we're at. And there's a lot of good, but there's still a lot that's got to grow because we expect to play like we did there in the first quarter and a half. We expect to play like that all the time, and we can't. And uh, so, but we flew around. We tackled extremely well for our first game. Uh, I, I thought we had, you know, a couple of missed tackles, but not many. And uh, so a lot of that was made up for effort and, and guys being, you know, knowing what to do, where to be. Uh, it, it was there was a lot of positives. So we, we've got a lot to build on, though, and, and uh, that's what this week's going to be about. Jason Kersey. You know, Lincoln, uh, since you've been here, we, we all know about the scheduling philosophy and, and the way you guys try to schedule tough. Um, you haven't faced an FCS opponent since you've been here. I'm just curious if it changes anything about the way you motivate the guys when you're playing an opponent that is, you know, pretty outmatched. No, I mean just because it just doesn't matter a whole, a whole lot to us who we're playing. You know, our our deal is about a journey, and and we've taken. I think a lot of confidence over the years that when we have been successful and been able to be there in those, you know, in those championship games and, and biggest games at the end of the year, we've put ourselves in that position by continuing to improve. And you know, it may sound boring to the outside, I, I don't know, but it's 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 the recipe for for winning, and that's how you do it. And so, you know, if you have weeks that you that you don't do that, it it maybe it doesn't show up that week, maybe it does, but it's going to show up at some point. And so. Uh, that's our fight to continue to improve, and if we want to be the team that, that we think we have a chance to be, then you know, regardless of who we're playing, we have to take steps, and we got to be ready to play each and every time we hit the field. You know, we're not we're not baseball. You know, we don't get 50 something games. We're not basketball. We don't get 40 something games. I mean, we only get a couple of these, and so we're going to make the most of every one we get. Brian Aber, Lincoln, when you look at uh, Kenneth Murray. Uh, Sunday night versus Kenneth Murray the last couple of seasons. What kind of difference do you see in him uh, specifically with what he's doing? It seemed like he was running around uh, quite a bit more. Yeah, uh, faster, more confident. Um, and I think some of that's, to be fair, I think some of that should be attributed to 
he's played two years of football now, you know, and he's still playing a, a position that he really didn't play that much coming in here uh, the, as far as the Mike linebacker position. And so, but I do also think some of the, some of that comes from what we're doing schematically, the way he's being coached. Um, you know, he's, he's in a good place mentally. I thought we did some really good things around him. Again, it doesn't always show up in the box score, but we did some really good things around him up front and at the other linebacker positions and even in the secondary as far as coverage that allowed him to make some of those plays. And that's, that's what really good defenses do. So you play well around them and you open it up for your best players and give them chances to make plays. And uh, he did that. But you, know, you, you love the way he flew around during the game and, and uh, played very well mentally uh, as well. Yeah, Lincoln, uh, two-part two question. One, injury front. Didn't look like anybody got dinged up too bad Saturday or Sunday. Uh, and guys that have not been playing, Fomital and, and Kenneth Mann, give us an update on that. And also, any personnel moves after game one, like left tackle or any place else that you might be <coughs> looking at a change? Um, yeah, injury front, we did well. Nothing, some normal bumps and bruises, but nothing nothing uh, with anybody out for an extended time. Uh, so that part was positive. Uh, uh, yeah, Dylan Fomital, we expect to have him back this week. He was really close, probably could have played him uh, the other night, um, but separated some there early, and, and uh, so we didn't feel the need. Uh, Kenneth Mann, also very close. Uh, wasn't wasn't an option to play the other night, but is 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 you know it's not it's not weeks away now. You know it's it's a matter of days. So ho hoping to get him back here as soon as we can. But we're getting we're getting pretty close with him. So he's made good progress. Um, second part of that. Oh yeah, the personnel. Uh, uh, we moved Jaquelin Crawford to, to corner, which I think is was already out there. I think we already had him listed that way. Um, not really anything else personnel wise. We played. We played a lot of guys, you know, the other night. We played, you know, just the six offensive linemen, but obviously played a ton of different skill guys offensively. Uh, I think we played 26 players defensively. Uh, so we got to look at a lot of guys. And, you know, I'm not saying rotations won't, won't continue to evolve. They certainly will uh, based on performance as, as we go on. But, uh, you know, we are – we are going to continue to, to, to look at guys and continue to play a bunch, especially with the number of young slash new players uh, that we're playing with right now. We got to continue to develop those guys and evolve and continue to find our best our best group that we can put out there. Tyler Palmatier, Lincoln, you had on the initial depth chart, Eric Swinson was the starter left tackle, and then RJ made the start. What was the decision behind that? And then they they, they kind of flip flopped during the game. Are you still evaluating that position as far as a starter goes? I think that's fair to say. Uh, we we kind of watched him throughout the week. Uh, Swinton had, had got a little banged up during uh, during camp. Nothing too serious, but had to miss a little bit of time. He's back full go now. He's fine. Uh, but uh, during that time, we we moved RJ in there, and 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 he did a nice job at tackle and and made it pretty competitive. And so. Uh, we probably based this one a little bit more on, you know, RJ performs well in practice and honestly had gotten a few more reps as of late leading into it. And uh, so we knew going in we were going to play both of them and uh, made a game time decision there to, to go ahead and start RJ. But they, they both did a good job. Yeah, we're going to continue to, we feel like we have two good left tackles there, you know, so we're going to continue to compete. And if one of them separates, then, then, then he'll play more. Sort of a follow-up to Barry's injury question. T.J. Pledger had posted recently about a surgery. 
has he undergone surgery, and do you think will he be back this season? He had a, yep, he, uh, TJ Pledger did. I'm sorry, I forgot about that one. Uh, TJ Pledger had an injury, happened in practice last week, had a hand injury, uh, did have to have a minor surgery. We do expect him back this season. Uh, Lincoln, you, you, as a head coach, you've dealt with Baker and, and Kyler being on the national spotlight. And now you can't turn on TV without seeing Jalen. Just curious, as a head coach, kind of what have you learned through that process of, of dealing with those guys, just the mental side of it, and just your team in general? I know coaches used to talk about, keep, you know, don't read the papers now. It's probably more like stay out of your social media mentions. Yeah. Uh, as far as the individual guys, I mean, I think it, it depends on the, the individual player. You know, they all handled that stuff a little bit differently. You know, I think J Jalen handles it probably a little bit more like Kyler did. He doesn't really care. You know, I don't know that he probably even knows. Um, I, I don't think it bothers him. And he's probably even more than the other two. Not probably, definitely. He's He's had a lot more of that to deal with, you know, in his career up to this point. So I, I don't, I, I think he could absolutely care less about any of that. Uh, he's he's focused on one thing right now, which is where his mind needs to be. Uh, yeah, and as far as the team, uh, we, we talk about it, but I mean, you can't, you can't pretend like these guys don't see this. You know, our, our message to them is they've got to learn to understand what's important and what's not. And, you know, they're going to see it. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. It's so much more accessible than it ever used to be. And so uh, we can sit here and tell them not to read it, tell them not to look. But I mean, that's uh, that's just putting our head in the sand. You know, we, we teach them that, you know, again, sometimes the good can be more destructive than the than the negative. Uh, you got to understand where it's coming from. And uh, if it's coming from somebody in our building, you better get worried. If it's not, then you better not worry about it. Coach, as outstanding as Jalen was, and the numbers speak to that, is it fair to say that there were things left out there, and there are a lot of teaching things that can go on with him oh. from that? Oh yeah. That oh yeah. Yeah. Very, very fair. There was a lot of positives, and and he 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 definitely played well. But there's he can play a he can play a whole lot better without a question, and 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 we'll need him to. So that, again, there's. There's a lot of things he did well that's like, wow, it's pretty impressive for, for a guy's first game in, you know, in, in this offense. There's also some things that you see that you like, you can tell it is his first game. And so uh, he certainly did a great job, but uh, he and I both have, have much higher expectations for how he, how he will play going forward. Uh, Coach, are you concerned at all about Jalen's running style and how many hits he takes? Uh, yeah. We talked about that a little bit the other night. Not, we'll continue to learn. You know, that's the one thing you can't evaluate in practice with these guys. You know, he is, you know, built a little bit different than some of the guys we've had in the past. Uh, so, he's got a body to be able to withstand some. But at the same time, we don't want him taking a bunch of unnecessary ones either. So, that'll be kind of ongoing conversation with Jalen and I, and trying to find that, that, that kind of that middle ground, you know, where he can still be an effective runner because he is, I mean, he can, you know, not only see the speed and athleticism, but, you know, several examples the other night where he takes some contact and carries guys, you know, three, five, six more yards and those add up through the course of a game. And so we'll, we're going to try to find a, a, a good line. You know, there's never ever any guarantees. This is football. It's a dangerous, violent sport. And, uh, but we also want to be, we also want to be smart about it as well. 
Coach, there were a couple unsportsmanlike penalties on you guys on both sides of the ball uh, after Sunday's game. And I asked Nick Basquin about it earlier. He said, yeah, from my standpoint, I just got to know the rule. I've got to be better about it. I've got to be smarter. But from your standpoint, is it kind of hard to contain that intensity and that energy that you guys have had in spring practice and in fall camp while still kind of staying within the, the confines of the rules? Uh, it is. I mean, I've never, I've never been one to lose my mind on one penalty here and there because if that if that dog doesn't bite, you can you can go having no penalties and look up at the scoreboard and it's not going to be a pretty sight. So, I mean, that dog's got to bite. But at the same time, there's certainly a line. You know, we had a couple. Nick's is a great example. Um, you know, Marquise Hayes is blocking his guy. Same thing that happened to West Virginia against us and, and just continues to block him out of bounds and can't do it. Um, you know, Pat just just a mental error on Pat Fields is down the down the field. Got to know where he's at on the field to play. Ball's clearly overthrown. You just are wanting to be physical, but we got to know where the line is. I, I thought in the past we've had some more just stupid ones. You know, talking over talking to a guy, whatever, shoving a guy after a play. Some of those. I, I some of these were a little bit more aggressive and and within the game and guys understanding rules. So I, they've got to get educated better, but you know, it, it'll cost us down the line. I mean, we've got to, we got to find that line of playing on edge, but also playing smart. And we, we certainly need to do a better job. Lincoln, how much did you see as far as, Jalen, everybody knows they've talked about his leadership at nauseam, but how much did you see kind of that, I guess, spill over into the game? And then obviously, uh, the, two-part question as far as this weekend you were the only show in town would you, you know, it's probably rhetorical but would you kind of I guess do that on the recruiting front as much as you possibly could uh yeah as far as Jalen's leadership yeah it was uh yeah he did a good job I mean I think he was poised you know really the entire night and that helped set a good tone you know for our team our offense um you know and and uh you know, I think they, they fed off at times that some of the way he was playing. And, and uh, you know, he's a captain. He's a quarterback. I mean, that teams are always going to feed off those kind of guys. I mean, that's just that's how it is. So, yeah, I thought he set a good example, played within himself. And uh, he's done a good job behind the scenes, you know, of, of being a leader for this team. And we're going to need him to continue to do that. Um, second part of the question, basically asking, would we do this again? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, as successful as it was, certainly. I mean, I'd, uh, we had we got a great number of recruits here, both a great group of official visitors, but a ton of unofficial visitors that were able to come in. Uh, it, you know, it was a, uh, they got to see a, a great atmosphere, a good football game. You know, a lot of if, if recruits weren't here, everyone almost at home watching it, and uh, so. Yeah, it was a great stage. I mean, it really was. And it, it, a lot of things, again, had to come together for it. you got to be smart because you don't want it to hurt your football team in the future as far as, again, going into short week and when's your bye week. And there, there's a lot of different things. But it, this one fit. And if, if we had a similar scenario, I think we would do it again. Yeah, Lincoln, you talked about being excited to see the defensive line play. Upon looking at the film, how did that group look? Uh, they played pretty good. They did. Uh, I thought uh, Ronnie Perkins probably, you know, is the one that probably stood out the most. Uh, I've had some other guys make some really nice plays. Uh, Q Overton had some nice plays, and Neville had some nice plays. We were we were we were disruptive. Um, 
came out of gaps a couple times on the front there, uh, a couple times at linebacker too, but a little bit uh, out of gap there on a couple of those runs at the second half that we have to clean up. Uh, but very disruptive, created a lot of pressure, uh, had a couple other chances to get the quarterback on the ground, have a few more sacks. Now, you know, again, that's, we won't see a more gifted runner than that, than that guy the rest of the year or so, but, but we gotta be able to finish him when we get back there. But I thought we were aggressive. We obviously played a lot of guys, you know, rotated them. And I think the, the combination of, you know, what we're doing schematically, the, um, you know, trimming some of these guys down in the shape they're in, and then also rotating the front as much as we did, it made for a lot of fresh bodies that were, that were ready to hunt when they were in there. So, Lincoln, uh, we've been jailing up here a handful of times. We've got him in media day and stuff. He comes across as so so serious that he's almost stoic, you know, focused. I'm curious what he's like on practice field. I'm curious what he's like in the meeting room. Maybe you're, you can tell us what, you know, your first post-game film session was like with him. Uh, is he is he continue to be that stoic, or is he loosen up a bit around the team? Guys. Uh. I mean, compared to, to most players, he is. He's he's a pretty serious guy. Um, but there's a different side of him, certainly, that you guys don't always get to see, like most of these players. So, no, he, he can he, – he certainly loosens up and laughs and jokes and, and, and has fun. And, and uh, there's certainly that side of him as well. But, um, I mean, as you can see, he's, he's – He's he's about business, you know. That that is certainly his mentality. So not that he can't loosen up and smile and have fun, he can. But he's uh, he's very driven and a very focused guy. How did the Sunday quote unquote uh, Monday film session go with him? Uh, pretty normal. I mean, kind of like it was after yeah you know, after any of our practices in fall camp or spring. You know, here's not making too much or too little of anything, and that's you know one thing about him. He's got pretty good perspective and. Uh, you know, he's not like the rest of the world that's either going to, you know, drown you or crown you here at the, uh, after the first game. He's, uh, he's, you know, he knows there's a long way to go here and a lot of things in front of us. So a lot to learn from, excited to learn from it, excited about some of the things we did well and really focused on a lot of the things that we need to do better. Lincoln, <laughs> big recruiting weekend. Sounds like it went pretty well, but how big of a gamble is that when you have so many unknown offensive line, Alex Grinch's yeah. defense, yeah. is that, how much does that play a role in the thing, the decision? Oh, this could have backfired. That's a good question. I mean, it, it definitely can. I mean, you you set up a stage like that and, and you get an opportunity, then, you know, you want to capitalize. You know, I remember we felt that way a few years ago. It wasn't the same scenario, but you know, when, when Ohio State came in here a few years ago and we had a you know a lot of great recruits here and had a chance and we still you know, we still got several of those guys, but I mean it you get a chance on a big stage like that, there's you know, again a lot of people watching and a lot of people, you know, that maybe don't watch you every week will base a lot of their impressions and, and their feelings about your program, you know, on what they see and, and again not just how you play but the the atmosphere, just the, the entire the entire spec, the, the, the entire deal, you know, I mean, it's just a, you know, it needs to all be at a high level. And it, it was thanks to a lot of people, you know, our team, our fans, our administration, recruiting team. I mean, everybody 
everybody was on their game the other night, and it was a, a great show for us, and uh, certainly uh, couldn't have been better timing. Coach, every good OC will tell you you always thinking two or three moves ahead when you're calling plays. And you've got a quarterback that ad-libs as much as Jalen Hurts does, obviously successfully. It doesn't make it harder on you to kind of plan ahead during the game. No, I don't think so. Not really. I mean, I don't, I don't think he ad-libs that much, but, but no, not really. Lincoln, I, I can only assume that, uh, well, certainly you can only assume in Jalen's case, but uh, he and Kenneth Murray both use the past couple of years as, as motivation uh, for what for what they're about this this year. I know uh, Kenneth, that's safe to say, he's been through a lot, as has the whole defense. How, how are you on players using the past as motivation versus forget about it, we've got a job to do right now moving forward. I'd rather you be focused on that. Well, I think if they're using it for motivation, motivation's never a bad thing, you know. And, and players, players get that from from different sources. You're not going to have one team, you know, that where every player's you know all motivated by the same things. You know, some guys are motivated, you know, to you know what this could do for the future. Some guys are motivated by people that have doubted them. Some guys are motivated by this opportunity to play here. I mean, it, it's it's. It comes from different spots. I think the key is you just want them all motivated. And so, uh, as long as as long as they're using it in a positive direction, then and there's not something that's going to damage the team, then I've got no issue with it. And we we you know here and there we we use that too with the with the entire team. So those are two guys like you said that have been through a lot, and and that's going to be you know your history in the game is going to be a factor in how you play some of our guys don't have enough history in it yet to even have that but there are certainly two of the guys that do have you, have you encountered guys who do use past uh, slights or, or issues maybe the wrong way where you have to get them forget you know you have to work on that and get them back on track or um yeah, at times, and I think it, it also comes down to, to knowing your players. You know, does your if, if a guy's using that and is extra extra juiced up? I mean, is he is he a guy that plays his best when he runs hot? You know, like Bake was a great example. I used to never worry about it because he played his best when he was running hot. Um, some guys don't. A lot of guys don't. And so, I think it comes down to knowing your players. Um, and you know, part of our job as coaches is kind of each one of them finding kind of that perfect mindset where they're motivated, also focused, all that. And that's a different point for each and every player. And so we got to find that and help them get to it. And, and uh, so I'd say that's a factor as well. Uh, Hoover stole it a little bit, but I'll ask it a slightly different way. Is, uh, is Jalen your, your third straight quarterback to have a very sort of specific personality? And I'm getting at, he wore a suit into the locker room, which was interesting, and he was very unimpressed with himself despite a huge game his first time out. So is he just sort of his own thing in comparison to the other two? Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's definitely, they've all been different, but I don't, I don't, I don't see that as unusual. I mean, I think your, your quarterback it's going to be a strong personality on your team. And, and so whatever their personality is, it's, it's going to be a factor. It's going to be talked about. It's going to be noticed. Um, and, and, and everybody is going to handle that differently. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's different. I mean, there's, there's some, 
there's certainly some comparisons too. I mean, personality-wise, with the other guys, um, there there's some there's some big differences too. He's probably personality-wise a little bit more similar to Kyler than Baker, um, but I, I do see some similarities with both. But the, I mean, the key components are there. You know, he's tough. He's smart. And he's extremely competitive, and uh, that's you know one thing all of those guys share. But he's uh, no, he's not going to be easily satisfied, and, and I don't really feel like those two were either. Uh, Lincoln, uh, Kenneth said earlier that Brian Odom's maybe the best linebackers coach in the country. Uh, what do you like about his coaching style? How much does he help uh, with recruiting? Being a guy that just grew up you know, down the road. Yeah, he's he's done a great job. Now he's made a he's made a big impression uh, in a short amount of time with our with our linebackers, our recruits, um, and he brings a lot to it. I mean, a former player, you know, this place means means a great deal to him and his family. Uh, he's got a he's got a great combination of kind of a natural intensity and toughness that you, you know you would just kind of say is ideal for coaching that position. But he's also He's also very smart. He does a good job schematically. You know, I know Alex. Uh, you know, really trusts him and leans on him for for a lot. And uh, you know, I think it's also his background of of being in the strength and conditioning field. I think has also had a you know has also shaped him as well. But no, he's a an outstanding young coach. I mean, no no doubt about it. Our players have really taken to him in a short amount of time. Uh, Barry Trammell, you know, Lincoln, short week. Not Saturday six. When you have to condense like that, what gets chopped off? Is it sleep? <laughs> pretty much. Uh, that's actually pretty true. Um, right, Dean. We had a late one the other night, my friend. Um, yeah, that's honestly pretty much it. I mean, you. It just condenses the 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 planning period and then it condenses the recovery period for the players i mean that's we do a few things in practice throughout the week to accommodate for that uh, to make sure that they they do get enough recovery between now and next saturday night uh, it even gets down to an hour deal so i mean even having a night game that we don't have to fly to the next week is is helpful where you know, even like the West Virginia deal last year was probably a little bit more challenging. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, there's challenges. The nice thing is the next one gets here, and you're always ready for the next one because there's so much to fix. But you do it's a little bit less sleep, a little bit less prep time for the coaches, and a little bit less recovery time. And so, yeah, we adjust our schedules to, to to try to accommodate for that the best we can. And it, I also say it is it is a little different doing it game two versus game what was that game twelve last year. You know, just the wear and tear and the, the, you know, just especially from the recovery standpoint, it's a little bit easier to do it this early. When you got one fewer practice, right. what, do you just stuff more into the other practices or is there stuff you just say, we're not going to do that this week? Well, we'd actually, the way we do it, we really don't have one fewer practice. You know, Sunday's normally our off day. So we were back on the field yesterday. And so uh, we're, we're adjusting, um, we're adjusting the, the setup of the practices slightly, but the number of practices remain the same. We just didn't have the true full off day in between. Okay, um, for a few more, Myron. Charleston Rambo had a big game for you. Um, how much did the Orange Bowl catch have anything that maybe his off season and what you've seen here in preseason camp? He's kind of been hit or miss since he's been here, but 
did that maybe help him at all in the offseason? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think he's had a really nice run. He played extremely well for us in the Big 12 championship game, made some big catches in that game uh, that helped to separate. Uh, played really well against Alabama. I, one of my biggest regrets of that game was not playing anymore. You know, that, that you know, um, you know, Keese could tell pretty quickly wasn't, you know, wasn't himself. And so should have played him more, uh, especially early. Um, he did a great job and then played well the other night. So he's been on a nice run and he's done it, you know, in some pretty big stages and some pretty big atmospheres. And uh, you talk about those three games. So I think his confidence is high. Uh, he's playing well. He also played very well for us on special teams. Um, but yeah, certainly you make a catch like that in the college football playoff game, you know, at the Orange Bowl. I mean, that's not that's not going to hurt, you know, a young receiver's confidence. So he's, he's playing confident, playing fast, and uh, yeah, and we've needed that, you know. With we we've we've always kind of had that that one elite speed guy that can that can can do that, you know. Whether it was you know DD the first couple years and Marquise last several years, Jeff Bidette mixed in there, made a lot of great plays for us there the year we had him, and so. Uh, you know, Charleston's really done a nice job in that role here as of late, and, and we'll need that to continue. Jason <coughs> you know, Kind of, it's, it's been asked a little bit, but I, I'm just curious, you know, Jalen's on-field interview with Holly got a lot of attention that he was so unsatisfied with his performance. I'm wondering where your balance is between enjoying what was a historically great performance and <coughs> keeping your eye on the prize. Uh, you know, the balance is more keeping an eye on the prize. Uh, I think he, we all enjoyed winning that game, no question about it. And, and he had a lot of fun out there. We, we all did uh, and, and appreciate the chance to beat a quality team like Houston. And so that's, I can promise you that part of it was not overlooked by him or anybody else. Um, but, you know, once that one's over, it's there. There is there does have to be a great focus, and there does this team does need to improve and improve quickly. And he senses that. We all sense that. And uh, you know, so I think that's what he was expressing there, and I totally agree with him. Okay, last one, Kerry Murdoch. Uh, will you force Shane Beamer to wear a helmet? <laughs> <laughs> he was actually on our injury report this week, and. Uh, we had a fun little video with the team about it. So uh, something like that happens. Uh, you better have thick skin around here. Well, and Jeremiah Hall was such a big part of, of your game. I don't know yeah. if you're trying to win a Coach of the Year award from the Fullback Society or, or what, but you just talk about him and he, even Jaden Hazelwood and, and kind of his involvement. <coughs> yeah, yeah, Jeremiah did a great job. Uh, he and Braden both, you know, I thought played pretty well for us. Um, you know, we, we played those guys a decent amount in the game. They both made some Competitive plays, uh, did a nice job, and those two are just going to continue to get better and better. Uh, so, was, you know, was was pleased with with the, where we started with them. Um, yeah, and Jaden did a nice job. You know, you, you always kind of look for the the true freshman of what's the look in their eye. You know, most of our guys had a great look in our eye, and he was no different. He was ready. Um, um, did a good job when we got him the ball. Obviously, showed you know some some nice. Uh, after the catch ability, you know, that was great to see. Played strong, played physical in the blocking game. So uh, certainly was a good start for him. And I would also mention Trajan Bridges too. You know, I thought Trajan played outstanding on special teams. You know, had a great tackle, was the one that recovered the onside kick and, and uh, did some good things offensively as well. So there's certainly some young guys that, 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 uh, that were pretty promising. All right, again, coming up here in just a bit, we will have officially, I think, I hope, I feel it, 
the posting of the Sooner Radio Network postgame show, and then a double dip tomorrow with the Lincoln Riley Coaches Show and Toby and I with Sooner Sports Podcast Live. Everyone have a great rest of your Tuesday, and until Wednesday, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.